afternoon, or indeed good evening, depending on where you may be. And welcome to another episode of the Jackass Cast, brought to you by Cornergas Fan Corner, or www.cornergasfan.com, as it's well known throughout the Google universe. And today we have the second part of my interview with Murray Atkinson, guitar player, piano player, and everything player and member of Odds, that rascally band that did the theme tunes for Corner Gas, wrote the theme tunes, played the theme tunes, sang the theme tunes for Corner Gas. So, as I mentioned in the last episode, we, we had a great time chatting, Murray and I. We had lots of fun, and the whole thing ran so long, I had to cut it into two episodes. And even this episode, I've cut down to about half hour, because there was a lot of stuff, as fun as it was, probably wouldn't mean much to anybody outside of the conversation we were having. So that's how long this thing went on for. But it was really good. It was good fun. And this episode, we finally get round to talking about odds. Because, you know, that's what you guys really tune in for. So you get a little bit of odds action here. We also talk a lot about Murray's solo work, as we were in the last episode. His new album, Tubed, is available on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other good downloady places. And I highly recommend you go and check it out, because it's amazing stuff. Really, really good, especially if you like your instrumental guitar jams, rocking out, and, and all that good stuff. But most important of all, I make my second attempt at becoming the fifth member of The Odds. Now, you may remember, if you listened to it a few months ago, I recorded with Craig Northey, and I asked him how I become that very member of the odds. I asked him, how do I become a member? And he told me, in no uncertain terms. Now, his answer was a little bit indifferent, I would say, but I definitely wasn't a member of the odds by the end of the conversation. So anyway, my quest continues in this second part of my interview with the great Murray Atkinson. On Salt Marshes, there are tracks on there with lyrics. I mean, yeah, yeah. the majority of your stuff's instrumental. And I suppose the cliche uh, question for most people would be, how, how do you start working a song? Is it from the lyrics or the music? So when you're writing a sort of a long instrumental piece, how do you, how do you get going? Some of the songs on Mublet Tube could almost go either way, right? You, maybe I could have wrote vocals for over those guitar riffs, maybe, <laughs> right? But I decided not to i wanted to make an instrumental album and i kind of had some ideas for some of the how, how the how the lead could work on the guitar and i mean if it works then great if it doesn't i mean some songs you just can't some songs you, it's really hard to turn into an instrumental song without it just being that cliche okay that's just a guy playing lead guitar over some chord changes yeah and, which i mean it's fine i mean it's been done a million million times and it's not necessarily what i want to do i kind of want to do something different so so not every guitar riff lends itself to being easy to turn into an instrumental thing. Um, some things just need to have vocals. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's the riff in the song kind of demands wh what it needs, at least in my brain. Anyways, um, and lately I just haven't been focused on on uh, writing stuff that has vocals. I've just kind of kind of gone gone back to because in, in my college days I was super super into instrumental music and it's just kind of it's always been on the back burner. Yeah. Right? yeah. When I did this when I did the Salt Marsh stuff, it was all about okay writing songs with vocals, writing songs with vocals, and that's kind of 
what I was focused on for years and years and years. Up until about a year ago, I was like, I want to do instrumental stuff again. I miss it, right? I started listening to Jeff Beck. And like I mentioned, Marty Friedman, he's the more of a metal guy, but he's doing instrumental stuff that's really cool. But definitely the way that, that Jeff Beck's newer stuff, the way that it's produced, it's right. just insanely phenomenal how it's, you know, it's great guitar riffs, but the production is so well done that it doesn't sound anything like a typical guitar player album. It's actually just super, super to me, it's super, super interesting to listen to musically and how the leads are all laid in and how it's all edited together and stuff is just, it's just mind blowing. It's definitely pushing the boundaries. If you've heard any of his stuff in the past 20 years. Do you know what? I haven't. I, I used to listen to him a lot years ago. I was into, he did an album with a band called the Big Town Playboys. Oh yeah. And I used to go and see them all the time. They were like a, a boogie woogie kind of set up their lead guitarist for a long while was a guy called andy fairweather low he was a used to have a band in the 60s it was really popular i can't remember the name of it but he's been eric clapton's sideman for years mm, right, right. Uh, in fact he's a he's one of the best guitarists i've ever seen he outstrips clapton a million times over in my opinion he should have been up front rather than sitting behind him and i was deeply into them so i, I listened to the jeff beck thing they did and it was good and of course um, jeff did a lot of stuff with stevie they toured together it's one of these last tours so yep, that yep. kind of into that they, they did a version of freddie king's song down, down. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Down. yeah 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 amazing yeah and that's the last time i probably i haven't listened to anything else for so long well if you listen to uh his i think in 2001 he put out a record called you had it coming yeah, and his last album, Loud Hailer, came out about three or four years ago. If you listen to it and just forget the fact that it's Jeff Beck, you won't. It does not sound like it does not sound like the Jeff Beck that you would associate with any of that kind of stuff or any of his, you know, fusiony, funky '70s or six late '60s stuff, right? Like it's completely yeah. different, and I love the fact that he's a guitar player who just keeps on reinventing himself mm. right and yeah, yeah. clapton has sounded like clapton since the 60s yeah. right jeff beck he's he kind of morphs and he goes and, and if you listen to his like these latest albums you you wouldn't even think you wouldn't think that it's a 70 year old guy yeah, yeah. Old guitar guitar hero from the 60s right yeah it's music because it's heavy and then obviously he's got a big team he's got a, he's got really good producers and programmers and stuff who do I'm, I'm sure they would be doing a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of all the electronica and the keyboard layers of keyboards and stuff that are happening that's probably not Jeff Beck himself um, and you listen to the way they edit like, so he'll play some riffs and you can tell that it's been chopped up and edited and then you know repeated in certain ways and it's definitely he's 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 hired a really good team of guys to make, in my opinion, there's some of my there's there, there some of my favorite albums in the past 20 years is the stuff that he's been doing. Groundbreaking stuff. It's amazing. I have to get him back on uh, on Amazon and have a little listen. It's, that's, that's a good thing to do as well. I, I, I recently subscribed to Amazon Music and uh, I, sh I, sh I should make that into an advert on here. Perhaps I'll get some freebies. You never know. Amazon Music for your favorite tunes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> work it, man. Work it. Absolutely, um, but it, it does this soundtrack thing where you, it picks what you you when you play stuff. It says, "Well, here's a load of stuff that you might like." Yeah, 
And that's been really good for finding few people. I, I should chuck somebody like Jeff Beck in the mix and see what comes mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think I'm trying to think of the last album I listened to, other than the Playboys one, is probably Guitar Shop. I'm, and I mean, how old's that now? That's probably oh, that be would be like 25 years old. Sometime in the 90s, yeah. I didn't really know Jeff. I didn't know his stuff too, from that whole kind of 80s and 90s era. I, I didn't follow him very much. It's really only been the last, like I discovered his 2001 album. I discovered that uh, while well, we I was on tour with the odds, we wrote in, actually, we were out in Kingston, Ontario and doing a gig and we we're hanging out afterwards with, uh, uh, and Rose, uh, Rob Baker from the Tragically Hip. Oh, cool. Hanging out afterwards. And he came and played a few songs with us. He played some strippers union stuff. And uh, afterwards, he's like, have you ever, have you heard this stuff? I was like, Jeff Beck? Yeah, I kind of know. I know who that is. I know his old, you know, I know his stuff from, you know, Beck Ola or Wire. Yeah. I know some of that stuff. But he put it on, he played some of it. It's just like, this is, just floored me. I did not expect that at all. And I've been a fan, been a, been a fan of that ever since. So so check it out, man. I think you'd, you'd, you'd dig it. It's really good. Yeah, definitely. It's really good music. And it's, again, it's just, it's guitar guy doing a thing. But it, he, he just he does it so well, um, and that's kind of how I would see my approach to making instrumental music is trying to take that approach and not just being okay. I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna shred and play guitar solos for three and a half minutes over a song because it's just that's just not me and it's just not interesting to me. Yeah, because um, one of the the tracks you've got uh, snippets of on on the website. Dark Star. Yeah, Suite. that's it. Yeah. So it's just about 13 minutes long, all told? Right now, it's 12 minutes. Uh, just Yeah, just, just under 13, like 1240-something. That song happened during the first part of this whole pandemic when once I got over the uh, the writer's block hump of, oh, my God, the world is, we're dying, we're all going to die, right? <laughs> once I kind of got past, because, I mean, when it all started happening, I was just I was way too focused on media and, and trying to read about it and understand what is happening, right? Yeah. So once I kind of got past that and kind of unplugged from all that kind of stuff, this 13-minute thing, it just like went boom. It just fell out. And if, if you have one, time, one day, if we have time, I'll, I'll kind of play, play for you the very first, or maybe I'll just post it on my website at some point. After I finish the whole thing and properly released it, I'll, pu- I'll put out the very first version of it. Yeah. It's almost identical to how the final version, I think, is going to sound. Yeah, like really. if, if, so I wrote, I, I write one thing and then I do write it. So I have a, you know, like a guitar riff and I would go with that for about a minute, minute and a half. And then, and then it would completely transition into a piano thing. Literally when I was writing it, that's when I got to the end of the guitar thing, I was like, okay, well, I have an idea for a piano thing now. So I play the piano, the chords kind of build it up and build it up intensity. And then it goes back to a guitar part, right? A heavy guitar riff. Always, and then transitions into a different guitar riff. So I ended up with about six different, you know, they're all like about two minutes each of these little movements. So I'm going to, it's going to be a, a suite, right? A six song suite. But the way that it all ended up being, man, is basically how it would, how I wrote it, how it all just happened so organically. Once in a while that happens, like that song El Camino I mentioned, everything you hear in that song, is first take stuff really i literally wrote it i recorded it as i wrote it you know it gets to the bridge and the bridge riff changes and then it goes to the guitar solo and then the last chorus like it's 
that song literally i didn't have to go back afterwards and replace anything all i went back afterwards and replaced was the drums because it was fake drums at, at the first at the start and that was a song that just like it the final version of it is exactly how it came out as i was writing it and i love it when that happens because you kind of capture you kind of capture that freshness that magic of, of the vibe right when you go back and you try and replay something it just doesn't sound the same even though this you can maybe get better because you have more time to to experiment with with actually getting a, a better guitar sound for example right mm -hmm. you know you can go back in and pre place the microphones properly on the speakers and i actually tried that with this with this dark star suite as i was writing it i was just kind of quickly plugging into my uh my kemper amp profiler right and just okay i need i need a distorted guitar so and so here here's the here's the first thing i can get so record the parts record the parts capture the the idea and then afterwards i was like okay i don't like those guitar sounds so i'm gonna mic up my guitar amps and properly try and record them and then i listened to it and I went it just doesn't have the magic that those shitty kemper not they're not shitty tones but they just weren't the right tone for the part i was just doing it so fast capture the idea those shitty guitar sounds the whole thing is more convincing because the idea was being captured at the time and it's just, it was just so fresh and so real right it's not okay. it's not thought out and methodical it was just so fresh and spontaneous and that's kind of get when you go and see a live show that's that's part of the whole live show experience it's fresh it's spontaneous it's real it's in the moment it's not fixed afterwards that's why live concerts are so great right so this, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with this with this Dark Star Suite because I haven't had much time lately to, to, to work on it. But I was super, super excited about it when it was happening just because of the way that it happened. And it was so organic. Each part just naturally went into the next part. And, you know, like I wrote that back in April uh, or end of March, April. And I listened to it now and it just, it, just, it flows so properly. Like it, it even though it transitions to a piano part and then back to a heavy rock and guitar part, it just it just seems to work, you know. Yeah, the snippets that are on on the site, they I was listening to them earlier, and uh, you, you can hear, like you say, the, the movements and things. Is I'm not really au fait with how how the the structure of things work, but now you've, you've explained it to me, it makes sense. You can hear the different parts and the. the it fascinates me because it's something I could never even begin to imagine how to start or go, go get down on on tape. I was going to say paper then, but it's it's really good. And and to be able to do that and to keep somebody's attention for that long. Right, you know, right. That well, that'll be a true test. I haven't released the full 12 minutes. And you may not keep your attention after after four minutes of it, but... Well, it know. did me. I, I mean, there's what? There's about, eight, about 10 minutes worth on there, is it? Something like that. it's quite a lot. I think I put three or four different clips up. Yeah. I mean, it'll be yeah. I mean, it'll be curious to see people's response. I just but, it's just one of those been one of those things that you know, like we were talking about before, life life gets in the way. So it's interesting to you say like you you got, got kind of stuck in a, a rut there at the beginning of lockdown, and I was the same way with the site. I I really I couldn't find the motivation. I did it. I can't think that there's anything really great that came out of me mm. in those first few months. Mm. And that, that's an interesting from sort of an artistic point of view. So do you think this whole time has been a, a benefit? 
I don't know, yes and no, and but in, probably in, in, in ways that you wouldn't expect. Like, part of me likes kind of getting back to basics about what happened during this pandemic. Like, when the whole thing first started, you know, it's March, it's springtime, it's like I built a huge, put these big, huge planter boxes in the backyard and and uh, put in, I don't know how many yards and yards of soil and, and grew it and grew a whole bunch of vegetables for the first time ever. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. See the stuff we had growing out there, man. It was it was amazing. And I, I kind of, I really enjoyed that part of it. Kind of the getting, like I said, the getting back to basics. Yeah. You know, getting up in the morning and going and, and watering the vegetables and, and harvesting your ripe your right stuff is there's something about that that I really I kind of enjoyed but I mean no I mean obviously this pandemic has not been overall really good at all you know financially I haven't gigged since March so it's taken a little little bit of a hit on the finances and uh and uh you know I mean gigs are it's also it's just so good for it's so good for your mind it's so good for your getting out and playing so good for your whole mental energy and your, 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 you know, it's healthy. It's healthy to get out and gig and play. So, I mean, you know, I've, I've tried to make as much of it as, as I could, you know, I, I think I said, once I kind of got past that writer's block, I was able to, to, to create, but at the same time, I know that I'm not getting the same fuel this year for writing. Like a big part of writing and creating, I think comes from getting out there and being active and, and doing stuff. And for me, it's it's traveling and moving around really inspires really inspires me for, for I'm I'm very creative after I come home from a from a trip. Yeah. You know, I was just out doing gigs for a weekend or, or whatever. So um kind of being a little more locked down and just a lot more conscious of your of your movements during this whole pandemic has I don't think I have the same same fuel, you know, for, yeah. for writing, the same inspirations for writing this year. So you know, I haven't, I probably haven't been as creative over the past three or four or five months. Um, you know, initially there was that, you know, maybe maybe that Dark Star Suite is, is the extent of what I'll be coming out with in terms of creativity during this, this whole thing this year. But uh, I haven't been writing a whole lot. I haven't been I, writing that much in the past couple of months. So I'm the same. I felt exactly the same way. I mean, I... I try and come up with some daft gags and things and nothing, absolutely nothing. And it must, talking to you now, it may, maybe, yeah, it's just the effect of the whole situation. Yeah. Just, yeah. Spending too much time on social media can be, I think it's, it really is a drain on the brain. And I mean, sure, that can be, I mean, sure, you can maybe use some of that for, for writing. You can read some articles that make you angry and then <laughs> come in here and then write an angry rock song, right? I mean, it's, I, I was talking to a, a producer one time, and they're they're like, if you look at the cycles of music, of what of hard rock music, when hard rock was really popular, there is an interesting correlation between the who is president of the United States of America at that time, uh. right? And you go, all these rock cycles kind of follow, so it's like a reaction to whoever gets into power. Are they really true or not? But yeah, I guess I can see. I mean, politics can definitely be uh, a motivation to write things, but I just I just don't think it's the same as getting out and, and experiencing experiencing things yourself, you know. Yeah. And for me, it's it's travel, man. Like I love movement. I love to get out. I love to 
you know, even even if it's just sitting in an airport lounge with the headphones on, and then I'll get a song for an idea, uh, and you know, I'll quickly jot it in. I'll sing it in, sing it into my voice memos. Or it's yeah, for me, it's just getting out there and 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 engaging and interacting with the world. You do that kind of stuff, and then you come home, and then you're washing the dishes, and a great riff pops into your head, right? And that's, yeah, yeah. You got to capture it. So then the they come in here and spend two hours trying to capture something and. My wife walks into the kitchen. It's like, why is the dishwater cold? Dishes are half done. What's going on here? Right? For me, man, I just it just comes from getting out and doing stuff, and like I said, interacting and being involved. So, and that's that hasn't happened so much this year, you know. Like I mean, yeah. you know, the last two or three months, we try to get out and do stuff, but it's just not it's not the same. I we'll think. be okay. We've got music. And we've got Netflix. We'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm only halfway through the new Blacklist, which is, I wish I could do I love that show. Oh, I, you know, I've never watched that. It's a, it's a good one. I like that show. And, uh, you know, it only lasts for, you know, you binge, you go through, you've done it in like two weeks, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm watching The Boys at the moment on the Amazon. That's that's really good. It's like a superhero thing, but it's, it's amazingly twisted. Right, right. All, all the superheroes on the outside or as like you'd imagine Superman and Batman being, Hey, you citizens and I've saved the day behind the scenes. They're horrendously debauched. And, yeah. um, there's this little gang of fellas that go and sort them out and try and get rid of them. And I read the books. It's based on, um, graphic novels, read them years ago. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. If you like, if you like your, your drama a bit dark, then yeah. 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 highly recommended. Yeah binge on that one next yes hi yes please do yeah and if you didn't like it i apologize <laughs> <laughs> all good uh, so uh, i suppose we should talk about odds a little bit how did you join the band initially they they broke up and then kind of went on hiatus for a while and during that hiatus i had a, a house gig in vancouver uh, every thursday night we used to play brit we did brit rock thursday nights and so Doug, the bass player, and Pat, the drummer, um, they were kind of the revolving bass player and drummer in that Thursday night band. And we did that for about three or four years. And kind of at the end of when that all ended, and that's right when the odds were kind of reforming. So, so they, the odds, they got back together, just the three of them. And um, they did a few gigs around Vancouver, just completely under the radar, just to see how it was going. I guess they decided they wanted to have a, a fourth. You know, they wanted to have another another guitar player. And um, since I've been playing with Pat and Doug for the past few years, they asked, and and uh, you know, I said, I said, fuck yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Who wouldn't, right? So the first gig we did was on uh, it was on one of those bare naked ladies uh, cruises. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, it was five nights in the Caribbean, and they hired. They wanted the odds to play again as, as the odds. And uh, we also, because of the odds, is also history as the Dawn Patrol party band. Mm -hmm. um, the Veronica ladies asked us to do a set of odds music, but then we would go and get changed into these crazy outfits and we would be the, uh, the, the official after hours uh, party hosts, right? Host band. <laughs> and. Um, then and then those those jams just turned into crazy late night debaucherous yeah uh, 
experience. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And that was kind of like, so that was my first gig with them. And, you know, we, we got along great. We hit it, we hit it off. I didn't, I didn't really know Craig uh, before, before that, that whole thing. I had met him a few times. Um, he came down to the uh, this this place we used to play and do that Brit Brit rock thing. He came down there a few times and hung out, but I didn't really know him, so it was uh, it was good hang. It was a really good hang, and we all got along great. And like it was, yeah, I was offered, got to keep got to keep the gig, and it's been great, man. It's been it's such an amazing. I mean, I play with a lot of bands. It's the only band that you know they're all world class musicians, but they're like but they're world class. Humans, they're world-class people as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fair. I mean, I've played, yeah. I played bands with world-class people, but they're not the greatest musicians. I've played in yeah. bands with amazing musicians, but they're not the greatest people. To play in a, a complete band unit where all three of the other guys are amazing musicians and amazing people is it's so rare man like i mean we you, you know you play in a band you look forward to playing live on stage that's you know that's your hour that's your hour and a half a day yeah. what are you going to do for the other 23 hours during the day right you're you're yeah. hanging out with those people but those other 23 hours of the day are just as much fun hanging out with those guys as the actual you know the actual hour on stage so it's the tours man every tour we've done every every gig every every experience with them has just been it's been so much fun and so amazing and really, like the the I learned so much about they they treat everybody they come into contact with, they treat everybody so graciously and so. I see, I saw like a recurring pattern after a couple of years playing with them, um, is that people they work with always want to work with them again. Yeah, would see all these repeat gigs and re, and and stuff coming in year after year. Why? Because. Those concert promoters, those club owners, those booking, like they all want to work with them again, right? Yeah. And that yeah. says a lot, right? That says a lot. Oh, it's got to. I mean, even on my, I mean, my musical career for the last 20 odd years really has just been solely jam sessions. And there aren't many about over here. <clears throat> and it, it, what you've said there relates to those sessions that you get you can go to one and every single person there will have their head up their own bums thinking they're the next whatever they think they're the, the bees yeah, need the and, yeah and but then there was one we used to just down the road from us and i went to try it out and it was so nice i mean it, literally every person and it, it, it sort of filtered down from the bloke that ran it that Everyone on there was so nice, and they give you room to play. If you thought you were rubbish and decided to get off stage, you'd say, "No, where are you going? You stay there. You've got another three songs to do yet. Yeah? It doesn't matter how bad you are or how bad you think you are. You're going to have fun, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. so much of a difference." And I went back there every single time, and the rest of them they just go by the by. So it's interesting sound of that here that that works on a professional level as well, yeah. and and. and those couple of days I spent with you guys a couple of years ago, that was so very apparent. I mean, not only are you guys as a band gelling so well and obviously being so tight and just seeing people interact with you as well. I mean, me just standing there hanging around, I felt, you know, you could have kicked me out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, oh, it was amazing. It's, it's nice to hear. 
and uh, and interesting to hear that it's a rarity. I'd imagine that obviously that that translates as well into your live performances. I mean, I'm laughs hard in ages as well. That was fun. Those two days I was laughing. <laughs> Doug's a funny guy. Oh God. If you think that, I mean, yeah, just imagine not having to wait through three and a half minutes of a song to hear more funny stuff. Like, it's constant. <laughs> it's constant. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's such a hoot. It is such a howl. Uh, driving, in, driving in the vans with those guys anywhere we go, right? It's, it's just the conversation is always, is always interesting. T- touring is a lot harder than most people think. It's it's actually it wears you down, man. It's a grind when you get out there and tour. You gotta mm-hmm. you go to the airport. You're there for two hours. You got a three or four hour flight. Then you gotta go. You gotta get a rental car and you gotta you gotta drive. Like how do you actually turn standing in line like the whole rental car experience? How <laughs> do you turn that into something enjoyable and positive and fun? Yeah. Well, do that with the odds. And you'll find out. It's like even even those you're tired, you're beat down, you're all you want to do is go to sleep, and you got to stand in line at, at at a rental car place. They they find ways to make those experiences fun for themselves and also fun for the the, the people they're interacting with, right? Like, so I mean, it, it's been yeah. I mean, it's like it's been it's it's been a real education on how to don't don't eat. It's you know, it's 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 stressful being out there on the road, but you make but you make the best of it, right? You you try to have fun in those moments, and it makes the whole thing so much more enjoyable. I'd I'd love to be a fly on the wall. It sounds like awesome amounts of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it really is. It really is. So yeah, I've definitely missed that this year. I seem to remember quite a while ago now that you guys were working on a new album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how many songs are actually mixed now? I think I think five or six are, songs are mixed. I think we're gonna we're going for like a full ten or twelve songs. You know, it's just taking a little bit longer because of everyone's off doing their own thing this year. Actually, some of the songs on this album are probably some of the best that have ever been written. And you know, it's been a while. I mean, we've been working, we've been chipping away at this album for a few years now. And uh, but some of the songs, man, are, are really, 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 really good. <laughs> yeah. Do you write all the songs together, or do you all come in with your own ideas? And some of the riffs are kind of this. This album is mostly. I mean, I think Craig is the main driver of of creative side of the band. He kind of usually comes up with most of the riffs. He does all the lyrics. It, it's a lot, a lot of Craig stuff. But then we'll we'll kind of we'll come in and and see what he's done, and you know we'll suggest changes or add. You know, I'll, I'll write my own guitar parts around what he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously Pat will kind of go, yeah, okay, this is what I think I should be doing for the drums in this song. So, but Craig is definitely kind of the main driver of that. But by the time it gets to the final product, it's, it's definitely more of a band band effort for sure. Yeah. When I spoke to Craig, I put something to him and I thought maybe I should put it to you and grass him up a little bit. Because I, I thought it, it might be a good idea that you need a fifth member of Odds. Uh, I think I'd probably fit the bill, to be fair. So, <laughs> so I said, I, I asked him how I would go about it. You know, are there any forms to fill in or, you know, and he said, well, the only way to do it would be to, that if I killed him and you and then plied Pat and Doug with lots of food and beer. Mm-hmm. Yummy, uh, crappy, hoppy beers. Yes. yes. <laughs> no brainer. 
Well, it seemed a bit extreme, to be fair, because, I mean, I'm not looking to take anyone's job. I'm well honed on the spoons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm well known for my behind-the-head spoon solo, which gets a bit violent, but... Um, odds fans, that would be something odds fans have never seen. I think so, and, and maybe a bit of ocarina. I could chuck in a bit of that from time to time. Perfect, man. I, I see completely new avenues for for demographic uh, enhancement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the 45-minute ocarina solo I did uh, back in 97 history was made at uh, the Lamb and Flag pub in East Cheam. Well, <laughs> it's too bad that was before, the, uh, before YouTube's time. Well, yeah, it's not, there's, some, there's some bootleg footage out there. It, it, I'm sure it goes for a lot of money, um, <laughs> mostly to people that don't want it. Uh, <laughs> right. So, so yeah, what, what do you think my chances are? Do you think I'm sold. Actually, I'm, I'm going to call Craig right now and tell him that we've uh, we got we got a new we got a new guy. Yes, we got well, a new face we... band. Fantastic. You got to wear that. You got to wear that. You got to promise to wear that T-shirt when you're when you're. Oh, well, this one, my Monty Python one, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So there we have it. With one T-shirt-based caveat, I'm in. I am the fifth member of Odds. Woohoo! Now, I don't know whether Murray actually made that phone call to Craig, and as much as I'd like to think that he does listen to every episode of the Jackass cast, he probably doesn't, because he's a busy man, to be fair, being all rock and rolly and, and hip and stuff. So he might not be aware of my current membership status. But his knowledge of this obviously legally binding conversation I had is but a trifling issue. We can work round it. Fair heart, ne'er one fair maid. I shall turn up to band practice, ocarina and spoons in hand, ready to create some musical genius. And... You'll look forward to hearing me on the cutting room floor of their next album, I'm sure. So anyway, there we go. That's another episode in the can. And we have one more left this season. I've saved it till last. I keep promising it. I've recorded it a long time ago, but I had a conversation with Lorn Cardinal. And what with everything that's gone on in between, I decided to save the best till last. So Lorne Cardinal will be winging his way to your ear holes very shortly. So until then, enjoy yourselves, stay safe, and I'll speak to you soon. Cheery bye!